You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. Hey, welcome back to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. And I'm your host, Sandy Raper, and I'm looking forward to spending some time with you today and diving into um, a topic and, and expanding on it and spending some time. So I appreciate you carving out some time to spend with me. And I hope that you find it worthwhile. And, and I really hope that you find some takeaways, um, some things that you can apply right away if you're a yoga teacher, into your teaching skill set and your toolbox. And if you're listening and you're not a teacher, um, I believe that the content on this podcast is relevant and applicable as a yoga practitioner and in just in, in trying to figure out how to live life <laughs> with more ease than effort. That is certainly a worthy endeavor. So let me go ahead and get into today's episode, and I want to dive in, and I want to give a little context around, I don't do this often, and I'm not really even sure if I've ever done a series, but this is going to be a series. It's going to be at least three parts because there's three specific components to it. And it's going to be this little mini series that I thought I would share on three mistakes that you may be making as a yoga teacher. As I was contemplating this topic, I knew that there would be quite a bit to expand upon. So that's why I decided in preparation that I would just piece this out into three different parts. I knew I couldn't possibly fit everything into one episode. And then it really would probably serve better to break it up so that within each of these potential, I'll put in air quotes, mistakes, that you may be making, you will then have time to digest what I expand upon, what I'm going to share, reflect upon it, sit with it. I like to use that term, sit with it, and then evaluate what may be missing and any adjustments that you feel you might want to go ahead and start making in your skill set as a teacher. So my intended audience for this podcast is to speak directly into yoga teachers and support and encourage you along your teaching journey. However, I do understand that I have listeners who are not yoga teachers. And so that's why I really feel like that a lot, if not all, right, of the content is relevant. And I've already kind of spoken to that. So regardless of, um, you know, if you feel like I'm speaking directly to a yoga teacher and you're not, don't tune out, right? Fine tune in because there is always something applicable that you can add into your way of life through what I'm sharing. And if you really think about it, <laughs> you are a teacher, um, regardless if you have an official title as a teacher, you are teaching something to someone always <laughs> in your life and your interactions and your relationships. So this is really, to me, one of the most valuable aspects, or I like to call it a gift that the yoga practice imparts to us the opportunity we're given to explore, to seek and find um, a new way or, or different ways of being and living in our world. So once again, a worthy endeavor and pursuit 
for you to be on that path. Back to today, I may be sharing about mistakes that yoga teachers may be making, but really look closely beyond the yoga teacher title and just see how these points I'll be sharing fit into your own unique experiences in life. All right, let's get ready to dive into mistake number one. If you've listened for very long, you'll pick up on the fact that I am a word person. I do want to mention that I gave great pause in using the word mistake for this episode for the title and the overall topic. I feel like sometimes when we hear this word mistake, there's not much room given uh, for the learning component that is available to us when we have, right, these mistakes, or I'd like to call them situations, where we have made decisions that end up not really feeling um, like how we had intended, or they start feeling a little misguided or misunderstood. So this opportunity of reflection um, gives way for us to make some adjustments and learn so that we then turn the mistake into a powerful teaching tool in our lives. I'm going to stay with using the word mistake. However, I want you to understand better the full context behind my choice of using that word. I truly believe that all mistakes are opportunities. Opportunities to learn, to grow from these circumstances. So hopefully what you are going to hear in this episode is the sharing of what you may be doing and then a reflection on turning the quote mistake into the opposite, really, an opportunity, an opportunity that will add value and support within the decisions you make going forward. Let me get back to mistake number one. Mistake number one is not being purposeful in your preparation. I'm not sure that purposeful preparation is really being discussed or focused upon in YTTs, so yoga teacher trainings. There's a lot of focus on preparing to share the techniques. However, preparing with purpose in the way that I'm going to share about today is most likely not showing up in this foundational training um, that is being laid for new yoga teachers right from the start. I feel like I can clearly make this statement because I have had and I continue to have conversations with yoga teachers And I can discern and hear and even notice this is missing as they share with me about their teaching experiences and where they are struggling and and really are coming into some obstacles. So within the 200-hour trainings that I lead, I make sure that we discuss this type of purposeful preparation within what I call the core principles of teaching. Within these principles, purposeful preparation is a requirement, which focuses more on the aspect of what I like to call how you are being as a teacher, instead of solely focusing on being prepared with your class sequence, your playlist, and all of the other exterior preparation components that we most often, and quite honestly, spend a significant amount of time on as teachers. 
That's the fun stuff, right? (laughs) That's the stuff that our brains like to keep us occupied with because it feels safe. It feels fun. It feels non-threatening. It's comfortable. And such as being ready to step into a classroom and hold space within the role as teacher, which can feel uncomfortable. That uncomfortableness <laughs> and this field with the unknown elements that can quickly terrify us, really, and make us question why we even thought being a yoga teacher was a good idea. So I hear you. I get it. I understand it. I have lived it. I can remember the first class I taught. And yes, I was <laughs> somewhat jokingly terrified. Now, I'll go ahead and expand on this element or principle of how you are being, which includes the discussion of the act of noticing the energy and the energy signature that you bring into the classroom. The energy acknowledgement of how you step in to engage with and lead your students is vital, and you have to prepare for it. I'll pause there because I want to make sure that you get this. It is important to understand that your primary preparation is getting clear on the energy that you are bringing with you into the classroom. And really, you're bringing in before you even step into the space to teach. You must get purposeful in the preparation that extends well beyond knowing or memorizing your class sequence. That is the act of doing, which is important, but we're talking about how you are being and how it's being observed and prepped before you even ever think about becoming effective within your doing as a teacher. Now, the doing is important, but this episode is really going to be on this purposeful preparation that you may be making a mistake and not spending that much time on. Teaching yoga is very much about an energy exchange. It's amazing the varying experiences that we and our students can encounter from class to class. I believe the biggest skill set for a yoga teacher is effective communication. And within that communication is what I like to call reading into the energy of the room. Now, I'll pause here, too, because here's one of those points that effective communication, regardless of whether you're a yoga teacher or not, this applies to you as well. There's a level of discernment and a deep listening involved within this reading into the energy of the room and an understanding from which you offer the guidance that will either support students audibly with needed cues or language of instruction, or the offering of your presence as the teacher who has shown up to hold a safe space for the collective of students who have gathered. This skill may come easier to some, And as new teachers, most often it is a skill that comes from really the time you invest in the real-time teaching experiences and practice. So yoga teacher, new yoga teacher, I'm going to tell you to teach. (laughs) And you teach what you need to learn. 
I understand fully that this concept of, quote, reading energy can seem or feel foreign when you're fresh out of YTT. You may even be asking the question of how and how can you read the energy of the room when you are still not quite sure how to even organize a class and organize it skillfully, I might add. That's another episode or a topic um, for me to discuss because my hopes for you coming out of your YTT is that you have a strong foundation of understanding sequencing. It's not random. Uh, There is a, a way to do it efficiently, skillfully. And so I do hope that you have been given Uh, that foundation, but that's for another day. (laughs) Let me get back to this. I have confidence in new teachers that you can begin to fine tune this skill of energetic listening. Even as you are making your way through the bumpy and clunky (laughs) experiences of teaching, I often tell my trainees to be okay with being a new teacher. It's kind of like my favorite saying that that we have, my family has on a t-shirt from one of my son's high school baseball teams that read, be where your feet are. I love this. <laughs> so new teachers, be where you are and be all in. Absorb and grow from every teaching experience that you have the opportunity to take part in. There is a wonder and excitement as well as a level of compassion for yourself that must be developed and it is okay to be new at something. The road isn't smooth because you haven't taken it yet. You will have bumps in the road because you haven't paved the road yet. Here's where you must be willing to get uncomfortable, to step out with trust in yourself and the yoga practice, and that you can have all, and you have all that you need to share right then in that moment. So share it. You've just got to do it. In order to become, if we're going to use the word better, a better teacher, then you have to teach and you have to make a choice that you are willing willing to invest in yourself through the teaching experiences and invest in preparing for the unexpected. You have to be all in. The uncomfortable and the teaching moments that come with ease. Because ease does come, but you've got to be prepared and you've got to show up and do the work, right, to carve out the path that becomes smoother from your experiences of teaching. How often our human nature and our brains want to speed up the process and cast us ahead towards the desire for something else, which really is distracting us from being in the process or being where we currently are. The mind is tricky. We must have and be willing to go through it all in order to get to the next phase in the process. I'll reference again the quote mistakes, or let's just keep calling them these bumps on the road and really sometimes the detours that you'll need to make. I think this is really an awesome way to look at the series I'm sharing. 
evaluate these mistakes and see where you need to take a detour and explore a different way of approaching how you prepare to teach. I'll stop here and take a moment. I want to address the teachers who aren't new teachers who have been teaching for a while. Those who quite possibly have many, many years of teaching experience. However, you haven't yet experienced what I'm talking about, this energetic, purposeful preparation. You may have even stayed in your comfort zone or your teaching environment and held back from challenging yourself to refine and grow as a teacher, right? Pursuing, right, those bumpy new paths that even as you become seasoned teaching, that you you still need, right, to step out in faith and be willing to pursue those opportunities. That too is another great topic for an episode, and um, but it still doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter how many teaching hours you have accumulated or years, uh, the preparation method remains the same, and the evaluation is a constant one to keep us on course and aligned to step into the sacred, beautiful space as a teacher. Learning anything new, right, is always going to be and have those moments of being uncomfortable until you actually do it. (laughs) We won't really grow or expand if we never step out of our comfort zone. Let me get back on track with this discussion of our energy exchange within the classroom between the student and the teacher. Because of the nature of this energy exchange, there are a couple of important attributes or qualities required from us as the teacher to be able to effectively and skillfully hold this space that I keep talking about. Now, I'd like to add here that there is a great opportunity for a partnership to take place when the teacher and student come together within this space and you, the teacher, has an intentional preparedness you have gone through before you've ever even stepped into the classroom. I describe these teaching experiences as the ones when after a class, a student says to me, you must have read my mind (laughs) or that was exactly what I needed. No, I'm not a mind reader. I don't have to be. What is needed is the cultivation of an intuitive skill set that's built and experienced to know how to step in with a strong intention and mindset to hold space. The space is void of me or or you, yoga teacher, uh, is void of attaching to a plan. How much time do you spend on your plan, your sequence? This release of attachment offers the ability for us to read the energy that is present. It's in real time. Because think about it. If you are Uh, more focused on the preparation in your head of your sequence and your plan, most likely when you step into the classroom, if you haven't prepared yourself to physically be present and energetically be present, you will remain caught up in your head trying to remember your sequence. 
And what will happen is you will not see, you will not be able to read into that energy that I'm talking about. So this release of attachment offers the ability to read the energy that is present in real time. And this is where that beautiful partnership that I mentioned emerges. And it comes from that energetic space that you prepared for prior to class. And really you anticipated. And the students will then, they'll buy into it. They'll buy into the intention you set and they'll fully trust the guidance that you are offering and giving to them freely as their teacher. Did you catch that? Given freely. That is a very important aspect to note within this energetic preparation that I'm talking about. It is important to note that we as teachers prepare and then we step into the classroom and we must relinquish our attachment to our plan. Sounds like the teachings of yoga, right? (laughs) How often, though, have you stepped into a class to teach with a great attachment to your plan? I can also ask those who aren't teachers, how many times have you stepped into a class as a student with an attachment or um, anticipation for what you hoped you would receive? You were attaching to a desired outcome. Or yoga teacher, how many times have you stepped in attached to your sequence? Attachment to an expectation of how you wanted the class to go or the type of student you had hoped would show up. What happens when we attach to our plan, or I'll call it our agenda, is that we miss out. We miss out on a profound experience to be had between us, the teacher, and the student, or vice versa. It's really the experience of complete service, if you think about it that way, where you, the teacher, teaches from the beautiful space and heart of service that is void of preconditions, (laughs) of conditions that you feel need to be met for you to feel successful or accomplished as a teacher. It is really a quite profound teaching environment and experience. And the moment you experience it, you know that you have the capacity to cultivate that experience again and again. But it takes preparation. It takes practice. It takes a willingness to empty yourself over and over as you step into the teaching space. It asks and then it invites you to release your agenda. Hmm. How does that (laughs) resonate with you? I'd like to give you some tangible tools that will help support the answering of the question of how (laughs) you may have. How, Sandy, do we even prepare to read the energy of the room? When you think about preparing to teach a class, I believe I can confidently say that most yoga teachers are spending, like I said before, way more time putting together sequences and practicing sequences. Although, yes, please do not organize a sequence and not having had your own experience practicing it. 
All right. And then let me jump back in here <laughs> that you spend way more time with, with putting them together, practicing the sequences that you feel are full of creativity, inspiration, and most likely your personal preference rather than spending adequate Mm, and I don't even know if I want to use that word, spending purposeful time, right? Preparing yourself to hold space energetically for the students that will actually show up in your class. So is this you? Think about those times like you've spent so much time preparing the sequence and then the student didn't show up that that particular sequence would have been designed for. Has that ever happened? It's happened for me. Of course, this preparation is a part of the process. However, getting in tune with your intuitive space that really can't be planned out is just as important. Well, then if I'm going to tell you that it can't be planned out or, or that intuitive space of knowing like you don't know who's going to show up for the class, how do you even prepare for this? You practice tapping into the intuitive space that's within you, right? You, you do what you can do and with what you can do. And when is the last time that you actually listened to the inner workings and guidance of who you are as you practice the yoga asana or as you sat on your meditation cushion? Or has your personal practice time become a time that is spent trying to figure out your sequence and then you're actually getting fooled by this time equating to preparing yourself energetically to hold space? I often use the metaphor um, of yoga teachers being a vessel and you are a vessel, a vessel that allows the teachings of yoga to flow through you, not from you. You are not the teachings. So how are you preparing your vessel to be used in this capacity? Energetic preparedness requires a spontaneous readiness to meet students where they are. So you can prepare in that way. You can expect the unexpected and know, right, that is what you're walking to, into each and every time you step into a classroom and become empty. You can meet students where they are and in that moment and however really that they show up. It's sometimes hard or it, it could even be unrealistic for teachers because they plan and prepare for students like themselves or like our fellow YTT trainees and you show up to teach and you quickly find that your quote ideal student that you envision during your training isn't showing up in the classes that you are now teaching. This is real-time teaching. This is where the rubber hits the road, really. It's real time. And your evaluation then becomes of what type of teacher you are going to be and what kind of teacher are you going to be showing up for any student that shows up into your class. Are you really willing to serve wholeheartedly without attachment, attachment to whoever shows up for the class? 
Well, it really begins with becoming more effective in your communication. I'll come back to that as being what I feel like, and it's really resonated for me here recently, that this is our most important skill set as a teacher and our presence as a teacher. You must begin by establishing that meeting time with yourself, your personal practice, right? Not your practice time to prepare your sequence for class, but your personal time and and make those inquiries into how you are showing up and what kind of energy are you bringing into your own personal practice space? Are you even observant of it? And, and noticing it all at all, really. Start there and then carry this with you into the space where you are teaching. This preparation requires a level of commitment and endurance. <laughs> teaching yoga is not a cookie cutter experience. It isn't a rote experience with the same cues, the same postures repeated over and over. Just doesn't work that way because of how dynamic humans are and the intricacy of our abilities and the abilities you're going to encounter with students of varying experiences that you will be teaching. Uh, there's no YTT that could ever be able to mock this up for you. And, and I experience myself in trainings. Now, I do add within the trainings I offer a component of SIVA service, right? And SIVA being that selfless service where where the YTTs must go out and organize um, either an individual or a collective of students to organize a series of, of so many classes and they they learn quickly what real-time teaching looks like. And I have found that that is a valuable training tool and it at least gives them a glimpse and an understanding of what they're getting ready to step out into. Let me assure you though, and this is the evaluation and I have it over and over, it is all worth it. But you have to organize yourself into a mental space of understanding your role and understanding what type of teacher you're going to be. And it requires you to prepare yourself for that. There is also, I believe, a faith and trusting component that you need to evaluate when you're spending time asking yourself, do you really believe fully in the practice of yoga? I'll say that again. Do you truly, really, fully believe in the practice of yoga? Do you believe in the catalyst that the teachings of yoga can offer to you in making necessary changes in your life? And, and also, as a teacher, do you believe in them so much that they can also offer the students that come into your class, they can offer that same catalyst as well, that catalyst to initiate responses um, and behaviors or whatever it may be that are appropriate and healthy for your life and for living with ease, hopefully, over some of all the effort sometimes we feel ourselves burdened, bogged down with. Do you believe? And if you believe, then your students that you lead, they will believe also because you do. 
There's a level of patience and compassion that must rise up for yourself as a teacher. You are not perfect, and the perfect class does not exist, thankfully. I don't believe for a moment that the students you teach are looking for you to show up in perfection with the most creative sequence and matching playlist. What they are looking for is for you to fully show up and hold space for them that is skillful and genuine. And I'll add, void of your attachment to your agenda or your sequencing plan. Another aspect of how you get prepared to read the energy of the room is that you have to get off of your mat. I'll say it again, yoga teacher, (laughs) get off your mat. Hmm. Think about this, yoga teacher, get on your mat personally to spend time in your personal practice. Then yoga teacher, get off your mat as you step in to hold space and to lead, guide, and instruct others. If you are a yoga teacher that feels like you can't teach unless you are actively practicing yourself, then quite honestly, you will not be able to develop this energetic skill. I've heard all kinds of reasons why teachers feel like they must stay on their mat to teach, but I would say and say it confidently that within the majority of these cases, the teacher is not confident, not confident in their skill set to teach, and, and they use being on their mat as a crutch and a comfort zone. I've already told you to step out of your comfort zone. (laughs) I promise you, when you step off of your mat, trusting yourself and having faith, then you will be able to show up much bigger for the students you are leading, and you will step fully into the present moment. You will be able to see I promise, this is a tough one sometimes. I mean, I run into it with my trainees that I, I don't know how many times they hear me say throughout the, the training process to get off of their mat. I know it's scary. I have been there. I also know that there is a great freedom to step into, to be found when you begin teaching from this place. When you begin to actually see what is going on in the classroom and you begin to feel into the energy that's present, I just can't explain or tell you enough that you have the capacity to do this. But this this idea of reading into the energy of the room is going to remain foreign to you as a yoga teacher if you insist on staying on your mat to teach. What happens when you step off of your mat into the room is that you see where and how you can be of service and most effective and skillful with your language, your cues, and your guidance. So yoga teacher, (laughs) please get off of your mat. I'll note that there are times when it is appropriate for you to demonstrate but you have to be true to yourself and understand when you are tied to your mat out of lack of trust in yourself that you can actually teach off the mat. 
And when you aren't trusting yourself, then it will be hard for the students that you're leading to trust you. So get off of your mat. (laughs) The students didn't come to practice with you. They came to have an experience with the teachings of yoga. As I wrap up this episode and and this 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 mistake number one, <laughs> right, that you may not be preparing, right, with a purpose of of intentional energetic purpose. As I wrap up this episode, let me ask you this: Could you possibly be spending too much time focusing on the technique aspect of preparing to teach? And if this is your main focus, are you really making the impact that you desire to make as a teacher? Your lack of focus on energetic preparation may be getting in the way of students having that experience that's beyond the technical aspect of the asana practice. You may actually be holding them back from the opportunity to encounter the wholeness of what the entire experience of yoga can offer them. You could be creating more of a diversion or actually a distraction for your students rather than actually leading them through an experience with the teachings of yoga. I think this shows up in our interaction with students as well. This is also a great evaluating factor for attendance in your classes. I know, I know we don't want to focus on numbers and attendance, but it's a real piece to consider. Once again, you have the opportunity to adjust, to pivot, to make that detour along this path of either how you're going to always, you're going to either always do the way you've always done, (laughs) and, and it'll be where you feel comfortable and you'll choose comfort. And that comfort zone just might get you stuck in a rut along your teaching pathway. Lastly, what I have found over the years is that sometimes it has nothing to do with our technical skill set of delivering a class, although I do want you to put your time into that preparation as well. But sometimes it's not solely that that makes a teacher effective. Instead, it has more to do with the energy exchange and the presence that the teacher evokes and cultivates before, within, and even after the class experience. We get caught up sometimes with the technical pieces when we we really um, are in need of checking our energy levels and understanding better how we as teachers are showing up to hold space energetically, as well as guide people through the physicality of the experience with expertise and skill. Thank you for joining me today. If you, you have thoughts around this topic or any of the other episodes, then I, please reach out and let's connect further. I'm going to look forward to expanding this into to the mistake number two and episode next week as we dive into that. Until then, yoga teacher, I really am your biggest fan (laughs) and I have been there and I have been on the bumps and the clunkiness of the pathway for a while now, 20 years in fact. And so I have accumulated quite a few teaching experiences and so I get it and I am your biggest fan and I want you to be successful. And so I would love to connect with you and um, until we meet again, uh, yoga teacher, Get on your mat 
and be a student and then get off your mat and teach. Teach and share the wonderful gift of yoga. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that sometimes feels unclear about the direction you should take in your teaching path, or possibly you feel uncertain and lack confidence in areas of your teaching skill set? Well, this is where a mentor is so crucial to have come alongside of you to help sift through and reinforce the skills it takes to create longevity and sustainability within a healthy teaching career. I have 20 years of teaching experience and I am passionate about supporting you and other teachers to grow and expand into the teachers that you desire to be. I can totally support you within a variety of areas, including how to run a successful yoga studio, develop effective workshops and successful teacher trainings in a studio or as a solo entrepreneur, and even the development of your very own podcast that will support your teaching career and more. Private mentoring sessions are the fastest and best way for you to get the results you are seeking. Ready to dive in and work with me one-on-one? Well, I'm ready. Head over to my website, sandyraper.com, or click the link in the show notes and schedule your call today. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.